You are listening to the audio portion of the QB Power Hour webinar series. The QB Power Hour is a free bi-weekly webinar series for accounting professionals presented by Michelle Long and Dan DeLong, who are very passionate about the industry, QuickBooks, and apps that integrate with QuickBooks. You can find out all the details about the webinar series at qbpowerhour.com. So without further ado, here's Michelle and Dan. Welcome, everybody, to another QB Power Hour. We are very glad to have you joining us today. Today's topic is bank feeds. Rule the rules. <laughs> I love that. It's awesome. Okay. Uh, so thank you for joining us. My name is Michelle Long. Um, I am the owner of Long for Success, a trainer for Intuit for a number of years now, and I really enjoy it. Uh, you can check out the books on Amazon. I'd love to have you join us um, on the Facebook group. Gosh, Dan, what are we up to now? Over 9,000 people? Yeah, it keeps yeah, it's growing. getting close to, close to 9,000. It just keeps growing and growing, a very active, uh, so really, really cool uh, Facebook group. Yes, it is. So very glad to have you all joining us here today. And we'd love to have you join us there on Facebook. Dan, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Dan DeLong, uh, owner of DanWith, where we transform uh, businesses through technology, uh, formerly of Intuit. I did uh, about 18 years at, at Intuit with technical support and trainer, writers, uh, proficient in all things, uh, all things Intuit. Um, and technically edited the QBO for Dummies uh, latest edition uh, there. Uh, so coming up about with the uh, updates on, on the QB Power Hour, uh, of course, today is all about the bank feeds. Um, and then coming up, we're, we're going to have another series on uh, the, our niche nuance series with uh, retail. Uh, so we did uh, just about um, we did one about uh, e-commerce. So this is actually dovetails into uh, some of the some of the things that we talked about in the e-commerce, or we'll talk about in retail, but we'll have a really uh, special guest. Uh, William English will be joining us. Uh, he's 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 defined himself as uh, as one of the retail giants, I guess, in, <laughs> in, uh, he's a guru. in, in our community community. So he'll have a lot of a lot of good things to say. And then coming up in May. Uh, the first webinar of the month will be uh, focused around uh, the QBO Advanced. Uh, so we'll actually have some some folks from Intuit uh, talking about uh, some of the some of the things about QBO Advanced. So it's got a bad flavor. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's, some, there's a little bit of a sour taste. So we really want to um, you know have them on and and really talk about where where what's what's QBO Advanced's place in the marketplace these days. Um, so that'll be the first, um, there'll be, there'll be four, uh, webinars focused around that. Uh, so we'll have the first one of each month, uh, starting in May, uh, we'll, we'll have that. So we won't be, you know, totally engrossed in the QBO advanced, uh, for, for four webinars. So we will space it out. So if, if QBO and advanced is not your thing, you can definitely, um, you know, come and watch those if you want, or, uh, or skip those if that's not your not your thing, but definitely come to the first one. It'll be it'll kind of set the stage there. Um, we do have the PDF of the of the slides, uh, that link there, as well as the current recording. So you can go back and, and visit if you haven't um, didn't get a chance to watch us or join us live, um, as well as the historical ones on uh, Michelle's YouTube channel, as well as the podcast. So uh, there's links there uh, in the handouts. Um, a little note about the handouts. Apparently, uh, go to webinars not behaving this morning. Uh, so the link for the handouts uh, directly in the webinar is uh, is not working. Uh, but I did post the 
the link to the OneDrive as well in the in the questions box there. So you should be able to uh, see that uh, as well. Yes. Good point. So the, the upcoming events, um, of course, we have our, our QBO series, uh, QB Power Hour series here, and then the VCon and Roadshow. Of course, we're not having much of a roadshow, right, Michelle? No, and I miss all my people. <laughs> I miss the other trainers and the Intuit people, and I miss you all, the attendees as well. But unfortunately, as you know, uh, with the coronavirus, uh, things are unprecedented, and the the roadshow for the spring has been canceled. And so we're hoping that that will go um, in the fall. Hopefully things will be getting somewhat normal by then um, or a new normal as the case may be. But anyway, there's still ongoing training and webinars um, for you all. So there's a VCon every single month as well as monthly webinars on a variety of topics. All of those are free. Um, many, if not all of them, include CPE as well. Those are free as well. So qbtrainingevents.com where you can learn some more um, about QuickBooks, you can get certified, you can learn about QuickBooks self-employed, about T-sheets, a number of different topics. So check those out at qbtrainingevents.com. And don't forget to renew your certification. Um, if you're certified in QuickBooks Online, you need to renew that certification every year, um, either the core certification or the advanced certification, there's a renewal. So make sure you get those done. I think the end is uh, August 31st this year. I think they extended it some. It's the end yeah. of July or August. I can't remember. <laughs> everything that's date, everything that's typically date driven, is probably out the window these days because uh, a lot of things are being postponed. Uh, I think I just saw the uh, the email at uh, Scaling New Heights is being postponed now until until September. So uh, yes, keep our fingers crossed there. Who knows what will happen with uh, QB Connect as well? But uh, hopefully we'll be fingers back crossed. <laughs> Yes. In the meantime, everybody stay safe, stay healthy, and keep joining us. <laughs> yeah. So um, so first, before we get started, we just want to launch our, our first poll question. Um, we want to understand um, what version of, of QuickBooks, what platform are you using for uh, QuickBooks? I'm trying to get to the poll. Uh, the polls are missing. <laughs> I'll do it. Um, can you do it? <laughs> I, I'll do it, yeah. Launch. And, oh, hold on. As you all can see, I'm not in my typical office today. My husband is an essential worker because he works for <laughs> Hostess and Twiggies and Cupcakes are essential food items. <laughs> anyway, he's working from home on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And so uh, I so graciously told him he could use my office. And so I am at the kitchen table today. Um, <laughs> so sorry about that today. But I did launch the poll question. Which version of QuickBooks are you using? This helps Dan and I because we are going to be talking about bank rules both in desktop and online and pointing out some of the differences and some of the similarities and things like that to you. Um, but this just kind of helps us to know where you are with um QuickBooks and which one you're using. So if you all could um, answer that poll question, I appreciate it. I'll give you a few more seconds to answer that. And go ahead and type those questions if you have any questions out there. And somebody says, do you have any info on if QuickBooks Connect will happen this year? Somebody's registered yep. and not heard anything. And unfortunately, we we hope it's going to happen because it's not until November. My goodness, I would think we have a new normal then. Now, they may, you know, <laughs> restrict sizes on the 
the rooms or something like that where we don't have so many people in there. I'm not sure. But yeah. as of now, I'm hoping that that's still on. Um, yeah. So I, hopefully. I mean, the way they uh, the way they handled it last year is just to kind of get on the get notified. Uh, so it, nothing has been official just of yet as of yet. But, um, you know, it's all all wait and see uh, type of thing. Right. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and close the poll now, and I'll share the results with you all so you can see we have 30% uh, of you, 31% are using QBO, 13% uh, desktop, and then we have 55% that are using both. So fabulous. So good variety there. All right, Dan, you yeah. want to go ahead? Okay, so our agenda today is, is we're going to talk all about the, all about the bank feeds. Um, you know, we could spend probably a, a QB power hour and just talking about one or the other. Uh, but in this case, we want to give a real high level um, on, on what you can do and, and show what you can do in desktop and in QuickBooks Online. Uh, but first, we're going to kind of set the stage and, and talk about the different types of uh, financial institution connections. Uh, so we'll, we'll get started there. So a lot of people don't necessarily realize that there are actually three different ways that banks uh, connect to QuickBooks. Uh, so there is a web connect, uh, there is a direct connect, and a kind of a hybrid called an express web connect. So the products that they're available in, in web connect is, is both uh, online and desktop. Uh, direct connect is, is desktop only. Um, and then express web connect is mostly online only. Uh, but there are some desktop uh, financial institutions with some select banks. Uh, Capital One, for example, uh, is one of those banks that does do uh, Express Connect. Now, the difference between those different types of connections uh, has to deal with the, the communication method. So uh, Web Connect is, is bank to QuickBooks only. Um, and the reason that's important is that that's what you're going to have when you, uh, or that's what you can expect as far as what, what's going to happen uh, when you only have a one-way communication from the bank to QuickBooks, uh, you are, uh, I guess the best way to put it is at the mercy <laughs> of what is being fed into uh, into the, the, the bank feeds. And that's why they call them the bank feeds as opposed to online banking is what it used to be called um, because they are being fed information from, from the bank. So um, a lot of times the... Uh, uh, you know, the, there's, a, there's a lot of finger pointing sometimes when it comes to, you know, bank feeds and online banking and, and the transactions connections. Um, but in this case, you know, the, the transactions are being fed into QuickBooks. Uh, Direct Connect is one of those unique situations that has a both connections. So you can send instructions to the bank, uh, but also you receive instructions uh, from the bank. And Express Web Connect is, is only bank to uh, to QB. Uh, so when we're dealing with uh, only bank to QB, then um, then we're only going to be getting uh, transactions. Um, you may get some statements. You know, those there's there's always that hope that we can pull in the statements. But whatever the bank is making available is what we're going to be getting inside of uh, inside of QuickBooks. Direct Connect because it's a desktop only uh, feature. Uh, it actually has the ability to send an instruction uh, from QuickBooks. To the bank, so you can actually, uh, and that and that's where um, online payments come in. So uh, you can sign up or or um, 
access your QuickBooks and, and set up the, uh, the bank feeds to be uh, Direct Connect. Uh, but typically the bank is going to offer a fee for that. Uh, so they're going to pay or ask you to charge or charge you for, uh, for the uh, privilege of being able to receive instructions from QuickBooks. Uh, but the, the ability to be able to uh, send an instruction from QuickBooks allows now you to, you know, when you do uh, pay your bills or uh, make a payment, uh, you can mark it as an online uh, payment or, or transfer between two accounts and then send that instruction over to uh, over to the bank. And then the, the, the QuickBooks is now dictating uh, some things that actually happen in reality rather than catching up to reality. Um, and then the, the update process uh, with those different connections. So WebConnect is, uh, as we probably all well know, it's a pretty manual process. You have to go to the, the bank's website. Uh, choose the, the date range of the transactions that you want to download, download them, and then import that individually in, into QuickBooks. Direct Connect is, is one click uh, to update multiple accounts, uh, but then you got to enter in your password or PIN or something like that in order to, uh, to get those transactions in there. And then Express Web Connect is actually automatic in QBO. So once you set up the connection, uh, of course, the hope and the theory is, is that <laughs> Those transactions will uh, QuickBooks will go out nightly and automatically download those transactions, and they're just sitting in there waiting for you to act upon them when you're in the bank feeds. Um, in, in desktop, uh, it is a one click, but you don't have to enter in your password uh, when you do have the the Express Web Connect uh, set up. So hopefully, this chart here kind of sets the stage as far as the different types of connections that you have within the bank feeds uh, themselves. Uh, so in those types of bank feeds, you know, the, the, the way that you bring in uh, a web connect is you access the bank's site, you find the account, you download the file, you import it into QuickBooks. Um, so there's a lot of menu clicking or uh, things of that nature. Um, we as, a, as accountants, when we have multiple desktop versions uh, in QuickBooks, uh, have all probably run into the issue that, yes, you can, you can double click or open a web connect file or QBO, you know, dot QBO file from the bank, uh, but it typically never goes into the version that you want it to go to. <laughs> um, because the way that works is that the QBO uh, file structure on a computer uh, is, uh, is, is assigned to one version. And that version is the last version of QuickBooks to be updated or installed. Uh, so if you installed 2020, and then you updated 2018. Uh, now 2018 is the last version of QuickBooks to be updated. Uh, if your client's file is in 2020 and you double click on the QBO file, then that starts to open up 2018 and then we then pandemonium ensues. So <laughs> you do have to kind of, if you have multiple clients that you're doing this with, you do have to actually tell it where's that, where's that file imported in. You can also do it from the banking menu as well. Uh, but hopefully that helps uh, set some of the confusion as to why is it opening the wrong version of, of QuickBooks when I'm using the, uh, the Web Connect. Then, um, you know, of course, you have the Bank Feed Center uh, inside inside of QuickBooks. Uh, looks the same whether you're using, um, you know, the Web Connect, uh, any, of the, any of the versions in desktop. Um, you have that button there to download the transactions. If you set it up as a Web Connect file, then that's going to start the process 
of going to the, the bank's website. Now, as we know, QuickBooks Desktop uses Internet Explorer as its embedded web browser. So um, that's no longer a supported web browser. So it's always best to, if you're using a, the, the Web Connect connection, to just go outside of QuickBooks, get the file first, and then, uh, you know, especially as, as we are as, a, as accountants and bookkeepers, uh, get that file uh, directly from the bank. Uh, and then have it somewhere on on the desktop to be able to tell it what to do because the uh, the automatic uh, well as much as it would like to be automatic using Internet Explorer and uh, multiple versions of, of QuickBooks with a Web Connect is going to you know typically cause some some challenges or problems there. Uh, if you use the uh, Direct Connect, then it just asks you for a password or PIN and then up to updates all the accounts that for that bank. Uh, the challenge there is if you have multiple different banks. So if you have Capital One and and Wells Fargo and uh, different banks, even if they're set up as a direct connect connection, uh, they'll have to be done individually per financial institution. And Dan, mm -hmm. so, so I have a question for you um, just to let people know. If you're using an old version of QuickBooks, you can no longer import those bank transactions. You have to have a currently supported version of QuickBooks. Right. Isn't that correct? Yeah, even if it's um, even if it's the web if it's the Web Connect, because even uh, as you're importing that file, um, QuickBooks needs to go online and and validate that that bank and that financial institution is a legitimate bank and financial institution that's that they're supporting. Uh, so if you're using a, a, an older version, and, and again, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, May 31st is fast approaching. So 2017 is uh, is on the uh, service discontinuation chopping block this year. <laughs> um, and I don't know if that's going to get pushed out uh, based on the current current environment or not. Um, but, you know, all things, you know, based on history, um, May 31st is, is the service get discontinuation date. So online banking, bank feeds are, are going to be discontinued or, or the ability to bring those transactions in uh, in that version of QuickBooks. So um, if there aren't, if you have clients on that version, uh, it might be a good idea to consider, uh, you know, either upgrading them or switching them to QuickBooks Online. Because when, we, when Michelle talks about the QuickBooks Online bank feed, it's a lot better <laughs> than it is in, in desktop. Um, now, when you are working with downloaded transactions in desktop, you know, uh, once you have that those transactions uh, imported in, um, really it boils down to changing the downloaded transaction. So you have a, a payee, the account, the class, um, right on the on, on, on as a list of transactions are listed there, and you can work down um, you know work down that list if you if you need to, um, and then you have the action on the right side. So uh, you can select multiple. Uh, multiple transactions, and then at the bottom of the screen is a batch actions. What do you want to do with that? Uh, the only thing you can do there is add what's selected or ignore what's selected. So uh, if you have duplicated transactions, you can, you know, get rid of them. Uh, one thing that you can do here in desktop, I don't think you can do in, in online, is actually filter uh, the, by the date uh, the transactions that you're viewing there. Uh, you can sort and, and those types of things in QuickBooks Online. Uh, but you, uh, I don't think you can choose the actual date range of transactions to show. Um, there's other actions that you can do um, on the action dropdown individually. You can add more 
more details. You can associate uh, the class and the customer, uh, you know, if this transactions, but you know, kind of taking a, taking this a step back, you know, back in, back in the original days of, of online banking, the online banking was originally created and these bank feeds were, was a, was a way to assist in reconciliation, you know, cause we always want to know, do we have in QuickBooks what the bank has uh, from their perspective? So, the original design or the original thought of, of online banking was to assist in reconciliation. So those transactions that came down from the bank download ideally would be to match an existing transaction. Well, um, unfortunately, or fortunately, I guess, uh, I don't know the way you want to look at it, <laughs> but um, what, what Intuit found is that people were, were relying on the bank feed to to bring in transactions and actually adding transactions, which was never the the intention. It wanted to match to something that's already already there. So if you're doing your your bookkeeping and you're doing the the things that you're doing inside of QuickBooks, it would just match to a transaction that's already there, and then boom, your reconciliation will be a lot smoother because it already does match to a transaction. And if it's not, then you can add those transactions at a, at a later time or match them. So um, that was the original intention. But what, uh, again, what Intuit found is that people were actually doing a lot of their bookkeeping <laughs> from the bank feed center itself. So I had to kind of catch up to what people were doing. Uh, you know, originally, uh, you know, the, the, the genesis of QuickBooks was that people were running their business in Quicken because Quicken came before for QuickBooks. And that's, that's where people were needed to, um, that's, that's where Intuit actually came with the idea of, okay, we actually need a, a, a bookkeeping uh, software, not uh, not let people run their multi-million dollar businesses in Quicket. <laughs> um, so that's that's kind of a little history lesson of, of, uh, of bank feeds there. Uh, but those are the things that you can do inside of, uh, inside of the, the bank feed itself. And then what came, as, as part of that process of, uh, you know, how do we make things easier, uh, became this, uh, this development of, of renaming rules. And um, this is where, you know, where a lot of people lie in, uh, not lie like, you know, <laughs> untruth, but uh, where, where things kind of sit with, uh, with the power of, of, of uh, the bank feeds. Um, so there was a, there was a process called uh, renaming aliasing uh, back in, I think 2008 or 2009 and renaming rules came along to, to replace that. And the, the, what, what Intuit was solving for was the fact that we're at the mercy of the bank feeds themselves. So um, when you go to Home Depot at, at one location and go to another home, home depot at another location for, for job supplies, the bank will feed that in as two separate events and two separate uh, naming conventions. Uh, so what was happening is that a lot, a lot of people's vendor list or payee list got huge because those, those uh, names came in as unique individuals. So if you're trying to run a report on Home Depot, uh, you'd have to Make sure that all those all those folks were were included as part of that. Um, so the renaming rules came in to be able to help manage that. So when you can you know, now you can specify um, 
based on the rule, the condition. Um, you know, you can uh, choose Home Depot as part of that description, and then it can pull that out and then actually create do an action based on that. Rename it and uh, categorize it to the to the following uh, to the following category based on that. But you know, again, we're at the mercy of the the bank download. <laughs> so sometimes the bank will, when you write a check, you know, physical check, it will just come in as check. <laughs> um, and then we had the flip side of that is it would rename everything that was a check to the wrong uh, category or, or the wrong vendor. So um, it's been a learning process. Uh, but the basic uh, idea of creating a rule in desktop is to set the condition. Um, you're going to have uh, in the drop down there where it says contains, uh, you have equals or includes or things like that. So you'll be able to clarify what that condition actually is and then you set the action uh, based on that so what is it going to rename to and what is the gun uh, what is the category uh, going to going to do but it's a one uh, it's a one trick pony um, there's not much more you can do other than that with rules uh, but those rules will get um, will get set up and uh, and then you'll be able to use them inside of inside of QuickBooks desktop so that's my that's my story <laughs> for QuickBooks <laughs> Desktop. So if you want to uh, uh, launch the the second poll, what type of bank connection do you prefer? You know what what type what type do you end up using? Is it the Web Connect, the Direct Connect, or the Express Web Connect, or do you just not even connect your bank account and and do it manually? And so, Dan, while they're asking, uh, while they're answering that poll question, I have a couple of questions here for you. Um, somebody wants to know why are the the downloaded transactions and the bank rules and stuff? Why are things different between the U.S. and Canada? Why aren't they the same? Uh, that I have no idea. Uh, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that we're actually well, going to need to the banks. Need to follow I think, up on that. Yeah, I think too that the banks are a little different. I don't know that they operate exactly the same um so i'm not sure if that might have something to do with it um so i'm not sure yeah um, well i know with like quickbooks online you know the the canadian version it actually has the ability to pull in the statements and that's something that we're hoping you know gets rolled out into the the u.s version uh, so there's definitely something different in the banking industry uh, you know in in the different countries so uh, yeah. I'm sure that's just uh, that's the underlying uh, issue. And then another one for you, Dan. Um, I would like to make bank rules in desktop that are specific to a certain bank account. I know how to do it in QBO. Is this possible in desktop? Not, not, not. No. I mean, the short answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So the, the what you see is what you get there with the with the renaming rules uh, in in desktop. So it's really just a matter of yeah, all accounts, um, yeah, and unfortunately, that's a, a you know, if you have certain things that you only do in certain accounts, uh, it it's going to have that rule uh, set up on each uh, on all accounts, uh, as opposed to just uh, some accounts, which uh, Michelle will get into a little bit more uh, details of what yes. you can do in in online. Okay, and so I'm going to go ahead give you guys a last second or two to to answer that poll question. Um, so if you'd like to answer it, go ahead and answer it now. I'm going to close it in three, two, 
One. All right. Let me just go ahead and share the results so you guys can see. Um, so we've got the majority of you like Web Connect, some like Direct Connect, some like Express, and some don't like any. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you cannot like any bank connection. I love bank feeds and getting those downloaded transactions and stuff. So, okay. Dan, I think it's my turn, isn't it? I am yep. going to go ahead and change the presenter to myself. Okie doke. And let's hope I show the right screen here. Let's see which screen y'all are seeing here. Okay, we see a there you sunset. Go. <laughs> there you are. There we go. Okay, I get that webcam out of the way. Um, and Dan, there were some other questions that just came in there okay. that I didn't have a chance to to get to. Um, okay, so I'm going to now talk about the bank rules in QBO, and I really think. Well, they are. They just they are. They're better than desktop. Um, so but just this is just a, a quick reminder to you that this is the bank rules are allowing us, like Dan said, to automate the categorization of the transaction. You can assign it the transaction type. Do you want it to be a check or an expense, a category, the payee, the class and the location? Um, so you can set all those things up and you can also use it to automatically split transactions. Let's say you have a loan payment and you want to split it between principal and interest. Let's say you have, um, I don't know, something else that's part personal and part business. You could put part of it to, let's say, owner's draw and part of it to office supplies or something like that. So you can split transactions um, if you need to. You can prioritize the rules over other rules. With QuickBooks Online, you can copy the rules, you can edit them, and you can export them. So you can export them and import them into another company. And you can even create the bank rules to automatically add the transactions. So they're very powerful um, and they're just awesome. So I'm going to go through some slides just really quickly. I mainly put these slides in here for you all to refer back to after the fact, um, but I'm actually going to go in QuickBooks Online and demonstrate these to you. Um, so I'll talk to you about creating a rule and how you can create the rules. We'll go through the criteria and setting them up out there. There's the different rule conditions, like Dan was just kind of talking about contains or is exactly. You very rarely do you want to use the the criteria of is exactly usually you want to say contains because it might be like starbucks store 392 starbucks 598 or whatever so you would want to say it can if the bank text contains starbucks not is exactly so most of the time you want to do contains not is exactly um you may also want to put an amount in there and i'll show you something that you can do that's kind of really cool Okay, so just bear with me. We're going to go in there and look at these bank rules. And in here, you can see um, examples of some of the bank rules that are being applied. You can see it turns them green when it applies the rule. Um, you can change the order of the rules. Whichever one's first, that one's going to be applied first. Um, and so here's where you can get into creating your rules. I'm just going to go ahead and pop on into QuickBooks um, because I want to show you. Let's see, that's Larry's. Okay, I am in the sample company, Craig's Design and Landscaping. You all can access this as well. Let me just show you how to get to it because you can go out there and play with um, some downloaded transactions in QuickBooks Online. So if you're logged into QBOA, QuickBooks Online Accountant, which you all can get free as a free pro advisor for the QuickBooks Online uh, pro advisor, you get this free. Over here, my internet is slow today. Um, so. In QuickBooks Online Accountant, if you click on this three little dots to get the menu over here, 
you'll see in the far right where it says sample company. That will take you into the QBO sample company that I'm going to be demoing from. Now later though, I'm actually wanting to go into Larry's landscaping. So I'm gonna open that back up. So I am in the sample company here under banking. You can see I've got 25 transactions that have been downloaded from the bank. So what I usually do is go through here and I um, process these and stuff, but we're focusing on just the rules here. So I wanna talk about, and let me sort by description here and get all the A rentals up at the top. Oh, what happened? Let's go back to date. Oh, I lost them. What happened to the A rentals? Look what I did. What I messed it? this up, Dan. Well, <laughs> uh, if, you, if you sort by description again, you should be able to just scroll down a little bit. Because uh, what sorted was uh, blank. So it should be below the blanks. All right. I wanted them right at the very top, but I guess I'll have to do this. There we go. There you go. All right. So um, the reason I chose a rental is it's a great one for demonstrating the rules and how they apply. So here you'll see we spent $800 and we spent $1,200. We also had like a vendor refund here of 200 where we received money. So on these two expenditures where we spent money, let's say we rent stuff from a rental all the time. You know, this, this company rents from them all the time. So in that situation, I would want to set a rule up for that. So I'm going to go under my rules. I'm going to click on new rule, give it a name, a rental. Is it for money in or money out? And here somebody asked about doing things for specific bank accounts. I can specify for this specific bank account. This is really helpful, especially when you have like locations. Let's say you have a um, sandwich shop and they have three or four different locations. Each location, you can have rules. They may have their own bank account and you can have rules that apply to that location. So in other words, let's say for the rent, when that comes through or their utilities, you can have it posting to the proper account based on the bank account. So you can do it for all bank accounts or individual bank accounts. Do you want it to include any or all of your criteria? Okay, so I'm gonna say when the description contains a rental, and I wanna add an additional condition onto this, and you can't do this in desktop, correct, Dan? You right, can't you have only have one, one condition, yeah. Right, so this is something that you can do in QBO that you cannot do. I wanna say if the amount is, let's say less than $1,000. All right, so in other words, I wanna review this if the, so if the description contains a rental and the amount is less than $1,000, then I gotta tell QuickBooks what I want you to do with it. I want you to put it in as an expense. I usually only use checks for actual checks where you have a, a check number, a physical one. Otherwise I use expense all the time. Give it a category. Let's put it to rental expense, equipment rental. And I can put a payee name in here. Um, we have Ellis Equipment Rental set up. So I'm gonna do that. Whoops, I thought I chose them. Ellis Equipment Rental. And uh, so you can go through and put that information in there. If you want to add more, remember I said you could add a class and a location. If I had those turned on, I would be able to do that. I could put a memo in here. Um, this is rental expense. I don't know, you put something in there. So you can add some additional criteria. I don't have classes and locations turned on, so that's not showing up in here. Then also, do I want it to automatically do this? 
Okay, if I say automatically do this, then what happens is that downloaded transaction is going to come in from the bank. QuickBooks looks at your bank rules, assigns them in the order that they are. Um, and I'll show you that here in just a second. And it will automatically confirm that for you if you turn this on. So in other words, I don't need to spend a lot of time looking at the water bill or the electric bill. Those I can't set them up as a recurring or a memorized transaction because um, recurring transactions have to be the same amount every month. The water bill and the electric bill are usually different amounts, but I know they're coming and I don't want to spend time on them. I could set it up, put the criteria in here and tell it, just go ahead and auto add these. I don't need to look at it or auto confirm them. So when I click save, let's go in and look and see what QuickBooks did. Because remember over here in banking, I already had those a rental and so let me scroll down to get them again this is why i liked them right at the very top but it's okay scroll down now you'll see i have the twelve hundred dollars here the eight hundred dollars is gone it already added that transaction for me now it's not matching them because i didn't have them in quickbooks to begin with it's adding them or it can match them if they're out there already uh, but in this example it's adding them so if i were to go look under rules i'm sorry back under banking, under reviewed, back under banking, and let me scroll up. I should have got my mouse today. I'm using my key touchpad. <laughs> under the reviewed tab, you'll see here's the A rental. It applied the rule. You can see over here the green icon says rule. It went ahead and applied it because that one met all the criteria. Remember, we said it was less than $1,000. So QuickBooks applied the rule to this transaction. It did not apply it to the $1,200 transaction because it didn't meet all the criteria. Remember, you can do any or all of the criteria, and I said all. And so, you know, you may want to review it because if it's over a certain amount, it could be something going on. Or in this example, maybe it was a fixed asset. You know, you might want to review things to see if they purchased a fixed asset um, so the, you know you can put in there the certain amount like on the water bill if the water bill is always less than $200 you might put that in there so you'd only have to look at things if they don't meet that criteria now notice it's suggested here hey last time you had a transaction from Ellis equipment rental you put it to job expenses equipment rental it's going to suggest a rule for you um, based on what you do you can go in and, and accept that if you want to or let's say they actually had um, purchased a truck let's just I think we got a truck set up yeah let's say you purchase something you can change it to put it to whatever it is that you want to put it to out there um, so you can do that. And then here's where it says we'll set a rental from now on. You can go in and edit that. So you can create rules yourself, which is what I prefer to do. I like to be in control and I want to make sure that I set them up the way I want to. But you can let QuickBooks create rules based on what you've done, which is great sometimes, but sometimes your clients may do it wrong. Um, so you can go in and edit that setting if you want to. All right. So yeah. then um, yeah. the audit. Yeah, one of the. No, I, one of the things that you you point you clicked on it, and I wanted to kind of point that out that it's another one of those advantages of, of QBO uh, bank feeds is the is the reviewed and the excluded the the for review section at the top. Um, QuickBooks Online allows you to actually see what what things were 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 connected to and go into the transactions, and if you've made a boo boo, you can undo that. 
Um, yes. And that will undo the action that was taken. So if it was added, it will pull it out of the register, put it back in the refer review section so you can actually uh, review it again and put it to the right place. If the rule um, did things uh, a little bit overzealous, <laughs> you, could, yes. you could put it back. Um, and then if, also when you exclude transactions, if you excluded too many, you can undo those excluded transactions, put them back in the refer review. Uh, desktop, it's once once you've acted on it, you've acted on it, it's done in the bank feed. So uh, another advantage of, of QuickBooks Online bank feeds. Right. So I just added a bunch here that were already kind of matched. Um, so that once you add or match them, it moves them from review over for review over to reviewed. And then here you'll see where we've got them over here. Let's say these are all wrong. Oops somebody did it wrong, I can undo and it moves them, like he said, it moves them from reviewed back over to for review. If they were added, it deletes them. Um, you also can move them over to excluded and delete them over there. Sometimes you may have duplicate transactions out there. Um, you know, maybe you converted from desktop and then when you set up the bank feed in QBO, you downloaded 90 days of transactions. Whoops, I didn't really need 90 days. I only needed seven days or whatever. You can exclude transactions that you don't need there. Now let's get fancy with the rules. Okay, let's get fancy with our rules, okay? Because these rules are really very powerful. And so I wanted to show you some examples of what you can do. So I'm going into another practice company that we have here called um, Larry's Landscaping. We, us trainers use it um, and we set things up. So you'll see here, we have all kinds of rules out here on this one. Um, the sample company didn't have any until you set them up. So we have lots of rules here. This is where they will, be assigned based on the order, the sequential order that they are. So if I want restaurants, let's say, I could take and drag and drop and bring that up here. And let's say I want that to come up here. You can move the order of these rules here. Um, so what I wanted to show you that is really cool is we don't like our rules or our vendor list getting really long, right? So I travel a lot. I have tons of restaurants, tons of hotels, things like that. Maybe you have a client who has driving all around town and they buy gas at all kinds of different restaurants. You don't wanna put each vendor on the vendor list. So what you can do, you'll see here, I have a rule called gas or fuel, I call it gas, okay? I can say if the description can includes any of these, if, let's change it to any, if the description contains Phillips 66, or Shell, or BP, or Conoco, or Mobile, then I want you to put it to the fuel account and put it to the payee name gas station, okay? Because I don't need every single gas station on my vendor list. So I have a generic vendor name gas station. So you can add five criteria up here. If they have 10 different gas stations, you'd want to set up a different rule. You know, maybe the next rule has, what is it, Wawa, 7-Eleven, uh, Quick Trip, you know, other gas stations that you could put in there. So you can get pretty fancy and, and pretty complex with these rules. And so I think that's great um, to be able to do that. So keep in mind, it's important the any or all. So a while ago on the A rental, I said it had to meet all of my criteria. It had to be the description contains A rental and the amount was less than $1,000. In this example, I want it to be any. If the description is Phillips 66 or Shell or BP or Conoco or mobile, so any or all. So are you doing it an and or an or? 
Um, so make sure you pay attention to that criteria there. Um, but you can get pretty powerful there. And again, that auto confirm, huge saved time saver. If you turn that on, um, it'll automatically do that for you. Um, so I think that's awesome. Now, let's say in this example, we have 27 rules set up here. Let's say I have another client with very similar um, situations. Maybe um, it's the same company. They have two or three different locations and each one's a different entity or whatever. If you come out here, oops, that's not the right one. If you come out here, see where it says new rule? You click on that drop down. I can export these rules and you'll see it sends it out here as an Excel file. All right, so you switch to that company and then you could go through there and import that. So I'm going to go into, let's go into Castle Construction and I can import these rules. And you can open this Excel file and you can edit it if you want to, like if you want to delete some rules. You got to keep in mind the payee names and the accounts and things, those are going to need to be. Uh, but if I'm over here under my banking and I go into rules, so this is where, I mean, you, it takes some time to set up your rules, but you can save so much time um, each month because you can automate practically like 80% of your transactions because people have the same vendors and suppliers and expenses every month. So over here, um, I'm going to go under my rules. And when I click on new rule, I can click import rules and upload the file. So let's browse. And it should be right at the top here, Larry's Landscaping. I'm going to choose that file and click Next. Here you'll see all the rules. So I could go into Excel and edit them out there. Um, or here I could say, oh, you know, I don't want Comcast. I don't want this one. You can go through here and pick and choose which ones you want to import. But remember, um, you need to have like the same accounts and same payee names. Um, so you'd want to watch that. So here you could go in and choose, you know, which accounts you want these things to go to. So you're going to set up the details and the mapping out here. And then when you finish, it will import all those rules for you. I'm not going to go through and do all this, but you all get the idea of how cool that is to be able to import that stuff. Right. Do you guys love that? I love it. I think it's awesome. Now. Um, so that's the bank rules that we were focusing on. The other thing I wanted to, well, I'll just share this with you real quick. Notice how it's matching these transactions. Okay. So when QuickBooks has a match, those are super quick and easy to deal with. Um, if I click on recognize, there's 15 of them. I could choose them all, batch, accept all of those. And you'll get rid of a whole bunch of transactions at one time. Um, so I think that's cool. But now if you'll notice this one, See how it says two records found. If you have a situation like this, this one, um, 1999 came through the bank feed. We have two transactions of the exact same amount close to the same date. QuickBooks doesn't know which one to match it to. So you can choose which one you want to match that to. Um, so that's super cool too. I just love working in the bank feed in QBO. It is so much nicer than desktop. I'm sorry, Dan, but it is. And <laughs> oh, now- I, No argument for me. Yeah, uh, it's definitely, it's definitely a clear winner on, on what you can do. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, and so especially, you know, if you can teach your clients, use your credit cards for everything. OK, 
don't write paper checks. If your client insists on writing paper checks, you charge them a premium. Okay, you can do that, but it takes more processing time because the payee name doesn't come through the bank feed, the check date, the amount, and the number come through, but not the payee. And so it takes more time when they're using paper checks. And I'm talking about not a check that they entered into QuickBooks and printed out because that's going to have the information in there. But they go to Costco and they hand write a check, right? That's not going to come through. So if your client insists on that, charge them more um, for, for paper checks. But get your clients to start using their credit card for everything. And then you can really use these downloaded transactions to save significant amounts of time. Now, the other thing that's new and cool, oh, it's so cool. Actually, it's been around for a while, but um, the receipt capture that's in QBO. It used to be in self-employed, and now it's in QBO as well. So the receipt capture is awesome. So I am going to go back into Larry's landscaping because I, I did this a while ago, Larry's landscaping. And normally my in, my internet is so much faster, but since everybody's home now, <laughs> the internet's slower. <laughs> we'll just blame your husband. He's uh, he must be on a video call. <laughs> I think so. I'll tell you. Hogging um, up the internet for you. <laughs> you know, it's uh, this the Twinkies being an essential item just blows my mind. <laughs> Their sales are up 20, 30 percent. It's crazy. Wow. Anyway, okay. Larry's landscaping. What was I getting ready to do? Oh, banking receipt capture. So under the receipt capture. So when you have a QBO subscription, you can go get the QuickBooks mobile app for free. It's included with your subscription. So the client just has to go into the QuickBooks mobile app and click. Um, here, let me just click They can click the plus sign and click uh, down at the very bottom. Screen cap, snap receipt is what it says, snap receipt. Then they take a picture of their receipt and then that's going to upload it here into QuickBooks. Or let's say um, they got an email with a receipt from a vendor. They can drag and drop the receipt right here. So you can drag and drop a file here or you can also email or forward, forward the receipt via email. So three different ways you can get the receipts in here, the pictures of them. So you can go in here and put them in there. Oh, look, it recognized that I had a duplicate. So I was doing this a little bit ago, putting these in here. Um, you can see I took a picture of the receipt and I up and it uploaded it in here. So I, <laughs> I just, this is embarrassing. I found receipts in my purse from December. <laughs> I had Panda Express on one of them and Taco Bell. So I took a picture of that receipt. So let's look at what this does. You'll see it says the payment account's not found. These were crumpled and mangled and it couldn't read them very good. Um, but you'll see it, it's got the picture of that receipt there. So you can go through and put the vendor <laughs> name <at> in. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it couldn't find my account here. Okay. So it didn't know which one to pull. So I'm going to choose which account is, was it paid with, which Visa account or credit card account, or how did I pay it? Um, and then it's already saying, hey, we think this is entertainment expense. It got the description, Panda Express, but it didn't see that payee name there. And then you can put a memo on it if you want to. Um, you can make the expenses and items billable if you want to bill it to a particular customer or job or location or class. You got additional fields. Um, of those classes, locations, things like that. Um, and you can put a reference number in there. So 
you teach your clients to use that mobile app. And so I can click save and next and I can go look at the next one. It says, hey, we don't see this in QuickBooks yet. So I can tell it create an expense. Oh, it's warning me. I didn't assign a class. So teach your clients how to take a picture of their receipt. And then you can come in here and review these transactions or your clients can review these transactions if they use their credit card. So if I had used the credit card, it's going to match that because the transaction will come through. It will match that receipt with that credit card transactions from the downloaded transactions, and it will match those there. But then that way you've got that image of that receipt out there and it's reading. Usually they're not as crumpled and mangled as mine. Like here, this one, you'll see it read. Um, the amount and things like that better. Um, it will use OCR and scan and read those. And so teach your clients to do this stuff. Significant time savers. I mean, huge time savers here. So using those receipt capture combined with your downloaded transactions and your bank rules, huge, huge time saving for people. So you guys like that? I love yeah. that. It's a good uh, call out uh, as far as a question that came up. Can you enter splits in the receipts? And, and right now you can't. No. Uh, but that doesn't mean that uh, later you, you won't be able to. But the um, um, and, and we, we talked a little bit about this when we had the, the, the session with Receipt Bank. You know, the it, this is designed as, a, as an entry point uh, into into the receipt capture uh, air, arena. Uh, there are there are many uh, third-party apps that that actually do a lot uh, more than what than what this will do. So this is kind of like the shallow end of the pool. Um, <laughs> it's deep when you compare it to what you can do in desktop, uh, but there is there is a bigger pool uh, that you can of, of things that you can actually do and automate uh, inside of uh, inside of the bank feeds or, or inside, with receipts uh, as well. Yeah, and keep in mind, um, like Dan said, it's new. It's like a V1. So those third-party apps are going to be more powerful. So, for example, let's say um, you have employees and they, they have a lot of travel expenses or whatever, and they need to submit an expense report. Well, using a third-party app like Expensify or Receipt Bank or some of the others that are out there, you can actually create the expense report and uh, automatically reimburse people and do all kinds of more powerful things um, with a third-party app. The so the receipt capture that's in QuickBooks Online, it's it's a V1, so I would expect it to keep getting better as time goes on, and it's free. It's included with your QBO subscription in all versions of QuickBooks, so that's a plus. Either way, whether you're using the receipt capture or using an app, teach your clients, start taking pictures of those. Then you don't have to worry about the paper receipt. The IRS and up in Canada, the Canadian, I forget the name of what it's called. Um, but the equivalent of the IRS up in Canada, they they accept um, image receipts like this. At least I'm pretty sure the one in Canada is. I think it's CRM, but I can't remember the. No, it's not CRM. I can't remember the <laughs> Canadian authority. I can't remember it. But anyway, um, for IRS, they do accept digital images like this. So you can throw the paper away. Don't leave it in your purse for months on end like I did. <laughs> not till not till December. <laughs> CRA, anyway, CRA is the, uh, is the CRA. There you go. So I was close. Thank you for that, my <laughs> Canadian friends. Thank you. Um, yeah, Canada Revenue Agency. Thank you. I was close. I knew CRM one right. That's a that's an app. <laughs> Never mind. Um, 
Okay, so hopefully you guys like um, the downloaded transactions. Um, let me just pop back over here into the slides. Uh, so we went through all of these on the slides. I talked about the auto confirm. This has changed now. It says auto confirm, um, but it's it's auto add basically. Um, I talked to you. Oh, I, I mentioned how you could export and import your rules. You also can copy a rule. So like on that gas station rule, I could copy it, go in and edit and change it if I needed to. Um, you can delete your rules, um, things like that. And so there's the there's icon. A, for, go there's ahead. a good question. Um, what would be the 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 justification of of changing the priority of a, of one rule over another uh, what what would be like the real world example of that so the example I guess that I would use is um is like let's say uh, you know if you think somebody's buying a fixed asset or something well I don't know <laughs> well what I was what I, I was thinking I, is that good. Like if you have if you have similar uh, similarly, um, similar payees, you can set the priority like it'll, it'll to do one over the over the other. Um, but there there are a variety of of uh, use cases uh, for that. So um, because it because it goes in priority, and so that will set. So typically, what people will do is they'll take that that priority and lower it down uh, because they don't necessarily want that. To particularly happen until all the other rules are are met or at least addressed. Uh, so that's that's the normal. Um, what I've seen as as the the, the use case for people uh, changing the priority because uh, that maybe that that rule got set up early on, um, and but you don't want it to to take effect until all the other rules have had their shot at the <laughs> at changing the, the 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 doing the renaming. And categorization for you, so it's normally moving it down as opposed to moving it up. Uh, but you can, the fact that you can actually uh, have that hierarchy of rules is uh, is 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 always a, it's always better to have it than not have it. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Good. Thank you. And so here's a question: Somebody says, if I have already added multiple vendors for gas, is there a streamlined way to remove the individual vendors and move all the expenses to one gas vendor? You can merge vendors. You rename them. You go in and and uh, go into your vendor list. So under expenses, vendors, go in there and rename it. So you would rename it exactly the same name as, like, say, gas. So you change it to that and then it'll say this name's already being used. Do you want to merge them? And you can merge them. Um, so you can merge list items, your vendors, your customers, your accounts, things like that. You can merge those things together. Um, yeah, Angel add, added a good uh, call out for, for the moving the, 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 the priority. So if you have a rule set up for Ford, for Ford Motor Company and Hartford Insurance has the word Ford in it, and you have it set up for contained, you can set that as a lower priority so that Hartford gets uh, gets first dibs on the categorization of the rules, and then Ford uh, would have its would have its shot because you don't want the Hartford to be changed to uh, something uh, like that, that would have to deal with your vehicle as opposed to insurance. So yeah, that's a great example, and um, so I love that. And then somebody says hotels and airlines are another good generic me names. Yeah, hotels, airlines, restaurants, gas, you know, things like that where you don't want all those vendors in there. And one of the other things I want to point out before we get done here is when you're in the banking area, um, 
one of the things that I always like to do is, let me show you under the baby gear down here. Oh, come on. So you have your big gear up at the top. We have our baby gear or the grid gear down here. So this grid gear is controlling um, the, the list and what we see down here in the bottom. So you'll want to come down here and see where it says copy bank detail to the memo. So if I go um, to a restaurant or whatever and I use my credit card, it will download the name of that restaurant in the bank detail. So what I like to do is if you're changing it to a generic name like restaurant or gas station, copy the bank detail to the memo. That way you'll see exactly who it was. Um, you'll see that information available. Um, so that's that's helpful. And somebody I saw a question go through there quickly. Somebody was saying, why do I want to use receipt capture versus just downloading the transactions? That's up to you. Um, but a lot of times, you know, people want to save those receipts for tax purposes. And by capturing it digitally, you're getting it in here and it's attached to that transaction automatically for you when you add it or match it. Um, so that's kind of for tax purposes, having that available. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it gives you it gives you a little bit more control because remember the the original intention of the bank feeds is to match existing transactions. So uh, you take a picture of the receipt, it goes into the receipt section. You you manage that receipt as far as where that's going, and then the bank download comes in and just matches to that, and then boom, your your reconciliation is that much faster. So you it's more of an end to end business workflow as opposed to letting that bank feed dictate what's in your what's in your QuickBooks. Yes. All right. I'm going to go ahead and launch our last poll question here. And I see it is time. Uh, so if some of you have to jump off. Thank you very much for joining us today. I can't get it. There we go. Um, we appreciate you joining us and hope that you'll join us um, for the next one on what is it? 28th uh, niche nuances with Will English talking about retail. He is so wonderful too. I'm so glad we got him joining us. Um, so have you used the receipt capture? Um, if you could answer our poll question there, that'd be great. Um, and Dan, is there any other questions that we should do verbally while we have a few, um, few seconds left? Yeah, I, I think, uh, so how can we go back and change it if all the vendors have already been added? Uh, that's more of a, yeah, I talked a, about uh, merging those vendors there. Merging, yeah, but if it got put into the wrong vendor, then unfortunately you can't uh, you can't undo that. I mean, you'd have to undo it and then you know change your rules again uh, to be able to do that. But if it was added, uh, you know, with QuickBooks Online Banking, then you could bring it, you could undo it all at a bank at a batch, put it back in for review, modify your rules and then uh, let the rules then take over again. So uh, that's another advantage. I mean, a big advantage of, of, uh, of the, the QBO being able to undo uh, the, the bank feeds or the, the action, whatever the action was, it will undo that action. Yes, okay, very good. Um, so hopefully this has been helpful for you all. Um, and so we have um, on have you, have, oops, there we go, share. Have you used the receipt capture in QBO? Most of you have not used that yet. So hopefully that's something new um, that you guys will be able to start using. Of course, that and, could be uh, all the desktop people and uh, they can't. <laughs> right, that's true, that's true. And somebody asked, what's the proper workflow? If you have 
people who are out in the field, let's say, you know, you're the owner of the company is going to the hardware store and he's going here and he's going there and he's buying things in the field and, and they're out using their credit card on all these transactions. I encourage them to just take a picture of it at the time so they don't have to worry about keeping a hold of that receipt. So they make the purchase, they take a picture of it immediately and then it's going to match the when the transaction comes through um, from the bank or the credit card company it's going to match to that image that you have there um, so i i just have them do it at the time of purchase that way they don't forget and they don't have to sit down and do it all at once um, so that's uh my my opinion but you want to do what works for you and for your clients um and then i'm going to skip the last poll dan since we're out of yeah. time here um <laughs> so as a as a reminder, we'd love to have you join us um, in two weeks uh, for the next one. And uh, let's see, anything else, Dan, that we need to cover quick? No, I think uh, I think we I think we've got it pretty well handled. <laughs> okay, great. Um, so uh, you guys can get we can finish the discussion on the Facebook group. Um, we'd love to have you join us out there. And so I think Dan, thank you very much for joining us and everybody else. Um, I hope everybody has a great day. Stay safe and healthy, uh, you and your families. Don't go to the grocery yeah. store. <laughs> they're germy. If you, do, if you do, get some Twinkies because they're very essential. That's right. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us. Have a great Bye. day. Bye, Michelle. We hope you enjoyed listening to the QB Power Hour podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to ask them in our Facebook group, you can find those resources and much more at qbpowerhour.com.